some expression to give to you this morning. I, I, I was reminded of something that I said to you several months ago, maybe even longer than several months. But I was talking to you about the basic identification. What is the church? You remember I brought out three aspects of what the church is. What is Christianity? What is the identification of a true, of, uh, of Christianity? There are a lot of people all over the world who call themselves Christians. But it's just like many people in the world call themselves Buddhists. There are many people in the world who call themselves whatever other religion it might be. I mean, that, that's, they, they identify with that because of a, uh, uh, some sociological need for religion. And so, Christian, we're a Christian nation, quote unquote. And if all the people who go to church and claim that they're Christian were get, to get get together, we could change the world in an instant. But we're diffused, we're disjointed, we're disorganized. And the truth is that we're under, I'm having trouble with my words this morning, Mother, unidentifiable. Unidentifiable. All right. How do you identify? The true church. People say we're looking for a church and we go to this one, we go to that one, we like this one. Uh, why do you like this church? Well, they have a great program for teenagers. Oh, they have a great choir. Oh, they have a great missionary outreach. Oh, they have this and that. And we're going to church looking for things that meet our requirements. And that's not what the church is supposed to be. It's not a place that you go to settle into so that you can get something out of it. We come together as a body of believers not to receive, although we do, we get together as a body of believers to give. That's the whole purpose of the existence of the church here on earth. Because if, if it wasn't, then when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he would have said, okay, it's all over. Sin is, the penalty of sin has been paid. Come on, everybody go to glory. But he left us here with a purpose. And that purpose is to give. The first foundation of the church, I, I, the identifying foundation of the church, you remember I said this before, is sacrifice. And boy... People don't like hearing preachers expound on the need for personal sacrifice. We rather hear preachers, speakers, tell us what we need to do to enhance our lives. How we can better our lives. You know, these seminars, church seminars, secular seminars... Self-help. We even have life coaches now. Telling us all these things that we need to do to, to, to 
to make ourselves feel fulfilled. Let me tell you something. And this may sound paradoxical. But the best way you can receive the things that you need in life, for life, is by giving them away. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. It's not about, well, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I got the time to do it. It's all about, Lord, what are you asking me to do today? How many Christians do you know? Let me ask you. And I'm trying to be critical of your life. I'm just asking you to open up your understanding. How many Christians, the first thing they do when they wake up in the morning is say, okay, Lord, what's on my agenda for today? Or is it just a routine? We get up, well, I got to go wash my face, brush my teeth, comb my hair, go to work, do this, do that. And if something unusual were to pop up in that conversation you had with God, I can't do that. There should never be a situation that a Christian responds to a request by saying, I can't. Because the Bible says, I can do all things. My response should always be, let me pray about it. And let me seek the Lord's counsel on it, if it's something that's out of the routine. When you go to a church, you don't come here because we have the best program, we have the best music, we have the best preacher. You're here for one reason. And that reason is because this is where God has placed you. And if that's not the reason that you're here, then you don't belong here. You belong wherever it is that God has placed you. But don't misinterpret your personal benefits by God's placement. Well, I feel good here. You know, one of the things that we should recognize that whenever we come to church, a church is a place of judgment. Yeah, I said it, yeah. But not the judgment of condemnation and the judgment of, you know, pouring guilt on people's lives because you didn't pray enough, you didn't read the Bible enough, you don't do this and that. No, a judgment of life values. Being able to assess where you are right now in your spiritual maturity with where you want to be. Anybody hear what I just said? That's what we need to be doing when we're gathered together. Lord, where am I? And there always has to be a reaching upward, a pressing towards the prize, the mark of the prize or the calling of Christ Jesus. There needs to be that desire within our hearts not to be satisfied that we have arrived at a certain place. So when you come together in, in celebration, we come together to, to, to get moved to a higher level. Every time we leave the church service, we should leave with a newfound desire to 
modify, change our lives in a particular way that will draw us closer to the Lord. And that's why worship is so important. See, just secularized worship doesn't provoke that, 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 that love spirit within you. In the natural, let's look at it in the natural. I don't know about today. I know when I was growing up, we used to have love songs. I mean, real legitimate love songs. Songs that, you know, you could look into the eye of your beloved and you could sing and, and you know, you'd be feeling all wondering. Today, I don't know what, what they look at. They don't even look at each other. They're just doing whatever they're doing. But they were... Thank God. I, I hate for it to be the alternative right now. So I'm glad I'm getting old. But there's something about that, that music and, and the response to that music. It, and, and it just, I, I'm a little confession. When I was younger, and I don't do that as much nowadays, but when I was being in a shower, taking a shower, you know what I would do? Sing. Sing. Oh, the You think we didn't know that? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel so good. I make up my own words, my own melody. Little did I realize back then that I was imitating the song of the Lord. Because that's something, an expression that needs to be manifested in our services. A freedom to be able to tell God how much we love Him. To, to present to Him the gifts of our sacrifice, of praise. When we do that, it's exhilarating. It's, it's, it's fortifying. It's strengthening our love bond between us and Jesus. The more you tell him you love him, the more you show it through your own gifts, the more you're willing to put yourself at the back of the line, the greater your relationship grows with the Lord. So it's sacrifice. Sometimes we're called upon to do things that we're not comfortable doing. Talking to your neighbor about Jesus. Stopping on the street corner to someone who's in need and helping them out. Going out of your way for a stranger. These are the things that are the hallmark of our Christian faith. So it's sacrifice. 
The second identification of a Christian church, a true Christian church, is service. In Mark, we are told that the greatest among you shall be the servant of all. You want greatness in your life? Don't look for people to serve you. Find ways you can serve others. Boy, that's not popular today. Self-aggrandizement. Self-gratification. Doing it my way or else. You got to talk the way I want you to talk. You got to look the way I want you to look. <clears throat> the King of Glory, in all the splendor and majesty of his throne room, with angels, undescribable beings, praising him and worshiping him. He so desired the love of man. What did he do? He came to be the servant of all. And out of his servanthood, listen to me. Out of his willingness to sacrifice everything that he had. And not to demonstrate his love for man. It wasn't a demonstration. It was the expression of love. He couldn't do anything other than that. Because love demands it. He served. He sacrificed. He went to the cross. And what did it get him? He was given a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. And he was exalted and anointed Lord of Lords and King of Kings by servanthood. Wow. By servanthood. By kneeling down and washing the disciples' dirty feet. That's what he came to teach. Don't be exalted in your own mind. Humble yourselves. You see the hungry? Feed them. You see the naked call them. You see the weary traveler walk with them. You see the troubled soul talk to them about truth and about victory. You know, we are the custodians of the fulfillment of life. 
of the joys of life, of the greatest treasures that we can possibly get in life. We are the custodians of these things. But they're not for us to just put them in a little personal closet and every once in a while open it. Oh, I got that good. It's to distribute. It's to give. It's to share. And not just the material things. The gal who checks you out at the grocery store should know you, recognize you. Why? Because of your countenance and your smile and your joy. And when she did something wrong, instead of say, complaining about it, said, that's okay, just relax. Is the boy preaching right now? To go every place you go, you bring that joy with you. And it's a covering, it's a mantle. But it's not just to cover us. It's when we see someone else who is lacking in joy to wrap them in our mantle of joy. That's what a Christian is about. Not standing up and preaching dogma and doctrine. Yay! If you don't believe that the Lord's coming tonight, you're going to go to hell. Come on. Now, I'm not saying that doctrine is irrelevant. I'm saying doctrine is very, very important to those of us who profess the faith. But in sharing the faith, it's not doctrine. It's not judgment. You keep doing those things, you're going to go to hell. The sinner isn't the enemy. The sin is. I need an amen from you on that. Come on now. We are all sinners. Paul reminded the church of Corinthians, look, some of you were drunk, some of you were this, and some of you were that, and you were all terrible, miserable, rotten people, but such were some of you. And if you got saved, if you've been transformed, what makes you think that the world out there the most arrogant, obnoxious person out there can't get the same thing that happened to you. And it's got to happen to them the way it happened to you. How did it happen to you? You heard. The third identifier of the church is what Jesus commanded the church to do. Sometimes we call it the a commission. When he stood before his disciples just prior to his ascension. It's a great commission. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Not a commission. It was a command. Go ye into the whole world and make disciples. 
of all nations. The objective of the church is discipleship, but not discipleship like other religions do, especially the Muslim religion, Islam. It isn't putting a gun to a person's head and saying, either convert or we kill you. No. It's going to a person who is your enemy and sharing with them the love of Christ. And when somebody comes and is abusive to you, instead of retaliating, you just turn the other cheek. Oh, these are the difficult things. These are the things people don't want to know. You hurt me, I'll hurt you back twice as much. That's not Christianity. That's not who we are. I know this human flesh wants to respond that way, but that's why we take authority over our humanity. And all of us are wrong in some area. None of us are living, including the preacher, or living to that model, that example, that exemplifies the, 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 the truth of the church. But the thing is not that we have attained it, it's that we are striving. It's being able to recognize the, the faults in your own personality. And instead of saying, well, that's the way I am, and if you don't like it, that's your problem. It's about saying, you know what? If I need to change so that it makes you feel better, I'll change. That's the key to marriage. Marriage is not what you're getting out of your relationship from your spouse. A true successful marriage is what are you giving? The satisfaction you want from your spouse is the satisfaction you'll get when you give satisfaction. Come on, somebody, say amen. This boy is preaching hard this morning. Amen. Thank you. My daughter, the, a couple of days ago, we were driving, and she said to me, Daddy, how do you get Friends, everybody talking about being a best friend. How do you, how do you get friends? You know what I said to her, don't you? Exactly. We know it, don't we? And she said the same thing. I said, well, you need to be a friend. She says, yeah, that's. That's, that's what was in my mind. I, and then she says, yeah, that's right. Servanthood. It's not about us. Discipling. 
the least attended function of the church is its Bible studies. If sacrifice is a foundation of all things, it is a foundation of discipleship as well. The responsibility of discipleship is not to the mentor, the discipler. The responsibility of discipleship is up to the disciples. Jesus gave opportunity to everybody in that region when he was walking on the face of the earth to be his disciple. Remember that story about that young rich ruler who came to him? He said, you know, what? You know, what do I have to do? And Jesus told him all these things. And then at the end of the conversation, scriptures specifically state, and Jesus loved him. So he said to him, listen, listen, take up your cross and follow me. Sell what you have, give it to the poor. Here's this kid coming. Oh, I see what you have, and I want it. I want the true expression of a, of a Christian lifestyle. Well, here, disciple. Put yourself completely in the care of God. Trust him. And what was his response? <laughs> see you later. No, 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 no. You can't expect me to. You know what I've got to give up for that? I can't do that. How am I going to live? One of the problems in the church today is that we are valuing the secularization of Christians above the holiness of Christians, the ministry of Christians. And we're emphasizing to our young people, you know, go to school, get an education. Great. We got churches filled with billionaires. Read about one church in overseas in Singapore where they bought a shopping mall for $25 million and renovated it. That's great. That's fine. But not at the cost of developing disciples just so that we have a Larger financial base. Daniel, be aware. God has called you and your wife. Don't look to the natural to make a determination of what you're supposed to do in the spiritual.
Don't ever say, well, I can't afford to. Because the minute you say you can't afford to, you are saying, I don't trust God for my provision. And that not only comes in calling, it also comes in the act of worship of giving. Do you know that giving, an offering, not talking about tithes. I'm talking because tithes is an obligation of, of kingship, of the kingdom. But the offerings that we bring to the Lord is an act of worship. Paul, when he received that offering that Aphrodite brought to him from another church, you know what he called that offering? He said this offering was a sweet-smelling savor. And what are sweet-smelling savors? Praises. Acts of sacrifice. If you just give the nickels and the dimes or the dollars or even $100 that you can afford to give, that's not a sacrifice. It's when you look in your wallet... And you see, well, I got enough money for lunch. Or I'm saving money for a car. Or I'm doing this. And then when there's the need is presented, and you feel, and I'm talking about when you feel the tug of the spirit. I'm not saying through the manipulation of men's words. Because if you give because I tricked you into giving, well, if you gave to the Lord, you'll still be blessed. But you need to become mature and sensitive to understand when the Lord is speaking to you to give. Because sometimes the Lord is saying, don't give. Because everything that happens in a person's life happens for a purpose. And God is putting everything together. But when we come to worship, We need to learn, and I'm trying to teach this to the congregation and not sound like I'm a self-serving preacher trying to get your money. No, if I, my desire is to give you money. But if I had a million dollars, ten million dollars, the worst thing I could do for you and me is to give you money. Because then you become dependent on someone else. If I want you to be rich, the best gift I can give to you is teach you how to give of your own substance. Because then you're not dependent on anyone. God is your sole provider. Amen. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So the identification marks of a church, threefold. 
sacrifice, which is the foundation of everything we do. Everything we do is built upon that foundation of sacrifice, of giving. Everything, whether it's an attitude of humility, that's a sacrifice. Promoting someone before you when you think you deserve it or when you applaud somebody who's gotten a a raise or a position or whatever and you're thinking, why them and not me? It's sacrifice. That says, wow, I'm so glad for you. Celebrating others' victories. A couple of nights ago, we got a call from Cambodia and two of our little kids Petra and Sopaic call up mommy and daddy they're kids that we raised up working in our school and Sopaic is always thinking I, I, I feel that God is calling me to, 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 to be a blessing to people and, 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 and he wants to and, he, and yet he was so limited and their English was you know I don't know why you could understand them if you the longer you're in Cambodia the more you can understand their English yeah so they've been trying to go to school and they, you know, they don't have enough money they didn't have this but they've been working and they've been faithful and been serving the Lord and every time there was a, an opportunity to do something in the church in Cambodia, they were first in line. So the other night, we talked to them. And they were so excited and giddy. I'm thinking, I'm going to become a grandpa again. That's what I thought. And then... Uh, Finally, they broke the news to us. They said, we've just been accepted in a college in Indonesia, in Indonesia, to learn how to become English teachers. It's a four-year course. And three-year course. And my wife, you know, and I both, you know, went, what can we do? You know, we thought maybe you know, we need to send some money to help support them. But they said, you know what? They're charging us. But what they're charging us is that they'll give us a free education and give us our degree, but they have to, we have to come back to your church and serve the church, the school, and serve the school. fully accredited degree. Kids that parents are out in the provinces. Huh? Yeah, we yeah. But they were faithful. And there was a time in their lives they're wondering, you know, where's the benefit of this? But you gotta get that out of your spirit. You're not doing it so that you receive. You're doing it because you're so blessed to give. But 
in the giving. There is a law, a law that is as natural as the law of gravity. It's called the law of reciprocity. Give. And it shall be given. You know what you want in life. But the question isn't, what do you want in life? The question is, God, what do you want out of my life? And you know, the mystery of this is when you put your own desires behind you and you just face the Lord and say, I desire to do what you want. The next thing you know, the desires that you put behind you are the desires that God has given to you. Because they didn't become a God in your life. I would like to see, and I'm not saying this from a, uh, legislative practice. But I'd like to see something change in our church services. I'd like for every service or everyone to come and bring an offering during worship. Even if it's a dime. It makes, get yourself into that attitude of giving, of sacrificing. And if there's a time that you think maybe I'm going to go out and eat dinner someplace and, um, and I can't afford to give an offering, and if you give the offering, you end up at the, what was it, Morton's? With a gift card. With a gift card. We ate like the millionaires of the world eat. And there's no condemnation in that. It's an example. It's a, God is always generous. Remember when the prodigal son came home? What did God do? Say, okay, give me an accounting of the money you spent. You got rid of your inheritance, goodbye. And he says, no, come on, let's go find the fattest heifer we have on the farm. and Let's offer it up and celebrate. part of our worship. I was going to get into that in a little bit more detail this morning, but I'll wait till the next time that I feel inspired to do that. <clears throat> I'll finish with <clears throat> the words of the Apostle Paul to the Corinthian church in his first epistle. Chapter 9, and in verse 19, he was talking to the Corinthians about their attitudes and their service and what they, what they needed to do in order to enhance their lives 
to where they were recipients of all of God's graces and blessings. And let me tell you something, there's nothing that is more glorious than God's grace. There's no money in the world that can come up to the value of God's grace and mercy and blessings. And he's telling the Corinthians, if they want to achieve all the blessings that God has, there is a practice that they may, must begin to utilize in their lives. And he called it servanthood. And he emphasized the importance of servanthood when he referred to Jesus Christ himself. And he wrote, And Jesus made himself a servant of all. And out of his servanthood, he was lifted up to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You want greatness in your life? You want true prosperity in your life? You want to be recipient of all of God's promises and blessings? Three things. Sacrifice, servanthood, discipleship. Amen? Amen. I pray that this morning's message is just a opportunity for the Holy Spirit just to stir your hearts. Let me tell you something, lest you walk out of here with a misconception that I have of you. I love you guys. I really do. And I love you just where you're at. And you don't have to change for me because as far as I'm concerned, you're all terrific. But the reason I share the word of the Lord like I have this morning and like I have been is because I do love you so much. I want you to enjoy the same overwhelming whatever it is that I enjoy. I don't want to keep... It's, it's like when I, when I cook. Yeah, I, I don't cook for me. I never do. I cook for my family. And when we're downstairs doing all those pastas and everything else, I, I, I just taste it, taste it. Oh, aha. You're happy. Brought joy to my life. That's got to be the ultimate motivation of everything we do. To bring joy to someone even at our expense.
I know I said last thing about five minutes ago, but this is the last thing. I said the other last thing. Try as hard as you would in your own natural humanity. You'll never be able to do these things because human nature is selfish, self-centered, self-aggrandizing, self-seeking, self-preserving. That is the basic characteristic of the human endemic nature. The only way we can attain the things that we were just challenged with this morning is when we ask the Lord to change our natures. Change our Adamic nature to a Christ-like nature. And that comes only as a result of us saying to the Lord, Lord, I recognize the inabilities of my flesh to be able to do the things that I know that brings value to my life. You recognize your weaknesses. You recognize your faults, failures, your sin. And you just humbly come to the Lord and say, Lord, I need your help. And I don't just need help in a social way. I need your help in a spiritual way. See, You don't conform to Christianity. Like other religions, they tell you, these are the values that you must practice and you do it through self-abuse and meditations and all these other, and and you never achieve it. In Buddhism, uh, they they know it's unachievable, so they give you repetitive times, what they call rebirthing, rebirthing. Buddha himself said that he was in his 1,000th rebirth. Why? Because man knows you can't do it. The principles of the, uh, as, as lofty as these cannot be attained by man in his own human nature. That nature's got to change. It has, can't be, can't conform. It must be transformed. And that's what salvation is all about coming up to the Lord and saying, hey God, I recognize my need. It's not about all the things you've ever done in the past. You know, litany of sins, misdeeds. It's a recognition of your your own inability to be able to live life as God wants us to. And just come say, look, I can't do it on my own. I need you in my life so that I might become like you. And that's the prayer of salvation. That's the prayer of transformation. Something happens, and it has happened a billion times through the course of man's history. A man will humble himself and just pray and say, God, I need you in my life. And immediately, transformation takes place. It's such a strong transformation.
and it's available to us today. Every one of us that are here, yeah. It's just crying out to the Lord. Lord, be merciful to me. Change my ways by your spirit. If you will simply pray that prayer, then the things we talked about today, well, they become doable. They become attainable. Because they now become the qualities of your new nature, the nature of Christ. Amen. Father, I come before you and I thank you so much for your understanding of who we are and your love for us. And you're wanting to give us so much more than we even thought possible for us to ever attain. And I pray that all of our hearts here this morning have been provoked to Reach out to you and say, God, Spirit of the Lord, guide me and move me into this perfection of life. I thank you, Lord, for your love. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercies. And I bless your name. And everybody said, Amen. and everybody said, Amen. so be it. <coughs> you can do whatever you want. You're up next. Just tell them. <laughs>